0: Hey everybody, welcome into M&M&M and M and M. across the board. We're back at it again for another week and we are going to go NFL, Major League Baseball. We've got a couple topics to hit, but before we do that, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and on Twitter at MMMATB.com. Eric McDowell, Sean Martin, I'm Ashley Miller. Sean Martin is a freelance sports writer for the Times Union in Albany, New York. And he also is the author of Dear Liam and Noah, Letters from Daddy, which can be found on Amazon. Eric McDowell's worked in collegiate and professional sports communications, including NCAA schools at all three levels, as well as the NBA. I'm Ashley Miller. I'm a sports reporter and anchor here in Albany, New York at the NBC affiliate News Channel 13. If you're joining us for the first time, we hope you stay on. If you're coming back, welcome back and uh, comment, share, like posts, all the above. But today, we've got three big topics. The disaster, dumpster fire of a Mets organization. (laughs) Thumbs down. We'll talk about it. Uh, We've got a big-time star in what is a small-town market. Uh Mr. McDowell's hat will give you a a clue in onto that. And we're going to go NFL preseason. Should you play? Should you sit players? And we'll do a little bit of who's been good, who hasn't. So that's where we're going to start with the New York Mets, because this, guys, this topic has blown up over the last 24 hours. I mean, it started with San uh, Francisco Lindor doing a thumbs down. Then Javi Baez does a thumbs down to their own fans. And then they take it to the post game and explain that, yes, this thumbs down is indeed meant for our own fans. Because they booed us. So now, wah, wah, we're going to cry about it and boo them. Give me a break. this Guys, how Mets is this? It, it, it doesn't get any more Mets than this.
1: Uh, may I go? Go. Have at it. Listen, you got to be a special kind of stupid to do this. <laughs> and not just do it, but then to tell everybody what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I think these players are kind of forgetting. Yeah, Mr. Cohen pays his paychecks, but who pays Mr. Cohen? It's your fans. You don't want them booing you? Hit the ball. field the ball. <laughs> all that good stuff. Javi Baez is saying, what's the big deal? We we get out seven out of ten times. No, Javi, it's eight out of ten for you in New York. You're hitting 204, Exactly. Buddy. You got it. Look, <laughs> play the game and play it better. Play it to your capabilities. That's all anybody can ask for. But to do the booing thing is just so dumb. I, they're not, I. Is it a concerted effort to get out of New York? I doubt it. I just think these people are idiots. Eric, take it away.
2: It reminds me, this how old I am again. I seem to say that a lot, but I went to, the first time I went to Shea Stadium was when they had Dave Kingman and they were awful. And they had a slogan called, the magic is back. And a guy had a big fan, the magic is back. And the next guy went, my, mm. <laughs> let's put it that way. But actually, this reminds me of Seinfeld an episode where he got heckled and booed at his stand-up gig and then it was a great yeah. episode he then goes to the person's workplace and heckled them mm-hmm. so try to equate this people for the the other folks here would be like you know hey Eric you should add more to that news release or Sean why don't you write about my kid or Ashley I well, never why don't you cover the St. Louis Cardinals more it's it's ridiculous. I think this is an embarrassment for any organization but because it's the Mets, and everybody is on top of them. That's what you get when you play there. If you're Kevin Brown and Randy Johnson and you can't play there, don't go there. Mm-hmm. Boing comes with the territory and they probably have a class in elementary school in Philadelphia. But the last piece to me, as a paying customer, there should be some rules. So I would ask you, don't swear or use obscene language. There are kids around, okay? If a foul ball comes your way, Don't push an eight-year-old kid out of the way and save your beer. That's just rude. Mm -hmm. Give it to the kid. And don't throw anything. But there should also be some rules for the players. Seriously. The fans pay your salary. And in politics, if you get hacked up, the fact is you can say, well, they pay my salary. They elected me. We didn't elect you, New York mess. But we're paying your salary every time we go there.
0: Listen, you said it. Fans can be idiots. A lot of fans are idiots. But, and Sandy Alderson said this, it is every fan's right to boo. They are paying entry to get into the stadium to see their favorite baseball team. If the Mets were winning and Javi Baez was hitting 200, I don't know that they would even think twice about it. Because you're winning and it doesn't matter. The Mets are not winning. They've gone from first place to to third place in the blink of an eye after the all-star break in the NL East, the Mets aren't winning. The fans are pissed and they're letting them know about it. I don't care if you feel bad that they're booing you. And first of all, grow up. Like you've been around the sport of baseball for how long you were getting paid millions of dollars and they're paying to come see, like, think about that. They're paying to come see you. So don't be terrible at your job, and I understand. Like when I go to my job, it's a little bit different. I'm not getting paid millions of dollars though, and people aren't paying to come see me. So we can't equate baseball players or professional athletes at all with the everyday Joes like us. I wouldn't like it if people booed me either. But if I was getting paid millions of dollars, I'd be like, all right, fine.
1: Hey, it's it's part of the profession. Okay, yep. it's not part. Of, it's part of the profession and there are some fans and look back in the day yeah right here i spent probably in 1990 or 91 i sat in the left field near the left field foul pole at yankee stadium and i gave it to mike greenwell for 3 hours <laughs> was it called for no was it self entertainment sure yeah um but you know what at one point he glanced back at me with a smile it was all part of the game mm-hmm. okay you shouldn't make it personal. Don't bring up all that stuff. But at the same time, and personally, I don't boo my teams. You know, I watch the Raiders. I didn't boo Nebraska on Saturday with that disaster in Champaign, Illinois. And so you could have. And I could have. But that's my team. I believe in supporting my team and all that stuff. But the frustration level boils over. And the Mets have been so bad. And Lindor, all year, terrible. Baez hasn't done much since he came over. And I think people saw him as the trade deadline savior, though he can't pitch. Um you got to take it. It's part of the job. Mm-hmm. It comes with the territory, Maybe part of that, but it comes with the territory for sure. And you want to play better. You want to be booed? play better. Just as mm-hmm. I said, a few minutes ago,
2: you know, what? I, when I think of Lindor, I want to say like the infamous movie, uh, Francisco, you're not in Kansas. I mean, Cleveland anymore. <laughs> okay. That's the way it is. And there's no question he pressed when he got there. That's the problem. But, uh, Funny little story about Italian fantasy baseball when years ago when it was first getting started, uh, I went with a bachelor party bus to a Yankee game against the Mariners and we had uh, fruit punch and water in the way, of course. Uh, <laughs> but what was fun was we made a beeline out to left field where the pitcher might've been Langston was warming up to a catcher named Dave Valley. And one of our guys went over and said, Valley, you stink. Valley, you're this Valley, you're that. He's like, what's his problem? What does he care about me? I'm in the Bronx right now. I have you on my fantasy team. And he was yelling at him. And Valley looks around and the players are laughing. It was just starting out. And he said, why did you pick me? <laughs> it was beautiful. But there is fan interaction at spring training. That's where you can go and have some love with the players. Mm-hmm. And everybody's and O, and all is well. And so that's when the players do give back. But again, I think it's a market that you have to understand what you're in for. Just behave. Don't go down in the mud with them. Mm -hmm. Come on.
0: Like you said, you're not in Cleveland anymore, Francisco. And guess what? I know the Cubs won, but you're not in Chicago anymore either Mm. because the Cubs fans are so used to losing that it just didn't even matter. They won that one title. We talked about it, and that is enough for them probably – for the next two decades. they the Chicago fire-sailed their whole team. They don't even have a team left. And so, of course, their fans are – it's just the different fan base. New Yorkers are New Yorkers. And the Mets don't really win either. But guess what? They're still going to say they expect to win. Whether they lose every single year, they're still going to boo you. And, you know, I think his excuse was like, well, we want to let them know how it feels. You think the fans are going to care that you do this to them? I no, don't. that's the, that's why you be the adult. Like They're booing you. Okay, it comes with the territory. You, they don't care if you give them the thumbs down. And guess what? Good luck tonight and tomorrow and the next day. Because if you get a hit, they're still going to boo you. If you hit a home run, they're still going to boo you. You've now set yourself up to be the villain on your own team, which is so stupid. It's so stupid.
2: Sean, instead of this, why don't they just bring a gas can and pour
1: it on the fire? That's, <laughs> yeah. what that's
0: what they're doing. Yeah.
1: I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of when stuff like this happens. Usually there's a precipitating event. If somebody, <clears throat> it's a racial slur or whatever, they, they get into a family mm-hmm. thing and somebody will go over. But to me, if you're a professional athlete, you're making all this money playing a game, you laugh it off. You go with it. You're right. And I could see if you're if you're tight, like Lindor going to New York, obviously he's, a, he's an all-star and he hasn't done anything this year. He's pressing. Okay. In hockey, they yeah. call it gripping the stick too tight. Okay, and that's what he's doing. But you know what? You got to roll with the punches, and you're letting the fans bother you to the point where you're making gestures at them, right. like the Jack McDowell thing way back in the day. Yeah, um, that's just in the McDowell oh. thing. By the way, the, I watched that game, and what he was doing was he had a he had a bad day. He was trying to save innings to save that bullpen. But the Yankee fans that they weren't having any of it, and then when they finally took him out, he gave them all the bird. I laugh. Clarify which McDowell that was for. Uh, I'm dad. sorry, your Uncle Jack. Uh, yes, I would never do that. I'd never pinch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and guys, so I think Kevin Pillar went. Ab- well, I don't know that he went about it the right way, but after the game, and he was in on it too. He did the thumbs down after the game. He denied, 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 deny. I think the quote was, "No, we're not booing the fans." He responded to someone on Twitter. No, we're not booing the fans. We're just having fun. Please don't look too much into it. First of all, no one is going to believe you. I I appreciate the, like, you're trying to deflect and deny and whatever, but no one's going to believe you. At least he did the right thing. Javi Baez, could you be any dumber and you go into the post-game press conference and run your mouth about how bad the fans are and how stupid the fans are? Well, now you've ticked off the president, and that's not going to go well. Now your bosses have told you to shut up to go out and play that he will not. Alderson said no comments or gestures by any of our players towards the fans. It's totally unacceptable. Listen, the fans are a whole different, like, they're a whole different beast. But you're getting paid to be a professional athlete. So how about we encompass the professionalism of your job and just go do it? Like, I remember a quote from back in the day, Derek Jeter, when he was getting booed. Derek Jeter was getting booed. It happens to the best of them, Javi. He came out and he said, "Yep, it's part of the game." He said, "Guess what? If I was playing better, they wouldn't be booing. They have every right. They expect a lot. I expect a lot of myself. If I'm better, they're gonna stop booing. That's how. That is how you handle it. And guess what? That guy's going to the Hall of Fame this year.
2: How about the three of us go to a game where the Astros play at the Mets? There'll be more oh. booze than Halloween.
1: Can you imagine? <laughs> oh I my! God. Got my garbage can right here, portable. <laughs> oh.
0: Yeah. I love this quote too from uh, Sandy. He says, Mets fans are loyal, passionate, knowledgeable, and more than willing to express themselves. We love them for every one of these qualities. There's probably a little bit of a lie in that. Yeah, they are all of those things. I'm not sure you love them for all of those qualities, but you have to love your fans. Without the fans, there is no baseball. We had baseball last year without fans. And guess what? The players hated it. They didn't like it. And I understand that you expect heckling at opposing stadiums. So, like, don't tell me you've never been booed before. You get booed when you go to opposing cities all the time and you can have fun with that. But you take offense to it when it's your own fans who are booing you. Again, just play better. But if you're hitting 200 and you've got five RBIs in 16 games, guess what? They're going to keep on booing. And now they're going to boo you even more.
1: Yeah. I mean, this, and you said it earlier, uh, this is a Mets thing. I mean, this to me is the equivalent. This is their butt fumble. Yep. Mark Sanchez cool. and the Jets. Okay. And it, it is so Mets. I can't think of another franchise that this might happen to. I mean, it's just, it's been a sad sack franchise for most of their existence And I just, it's incredible and good for Steve Cohen and Sandy Alderson for getting out yep. ahead of them. They, you know, they, they're the bosses. Right. And uh, we'll see how the players respond to it, but still, it's just, it's amazingly stupid. It's the only way I can sum it up.
0: You said it. If oh, Could you think of another franchise? Well, I think you brought it up. And it, honestly, to me, it would be like, if this happened to the Jets, I wouldn't be surprised. You know what I mean? Like, it's just the Mets and the Jets are these two New York franchises that just can't seem to get out of their own way. Winning would help, but they just can't seem to do anything right at times. and And this is just another example, like, that you're in first place in the division, things are going well. Pete Alonso wins the home run derby, and then
1: they're
0: they're just following the trend of their own their own record down the down the tubes.
1: Yeah, I could give them a little bit of a pass if they were like gesturing into their own dugout. Mm-hmm. You know, like the A's, they have a thing called ride the wave. Right, yeah. somebody hits the double, they look in the dugout and they do this with their own. yeah. Uh-huh. That's different. Yeah, that's different than doing it when you're crossing home plate. We're on standing on second base after a double it's it's different than saying hey we're trying to uh, motivate our own team we're making light of it a little bit but that that's not what this is and there's no yep. way to backpedal on on what they've done it's what's done is done
0: yeah and i think most teams nowadays when they get hits they'll go out and they'll shoot something at one another or they'll right. you know they're they're stir- when remember when they start the the braves would stir the pot um When that's the funny thing, when someone brought it up to me last night, Chris said to me, have you seen the thumbs down thing? And I said, no. And my mind immediately went to the New York Yankees two or three years ago. That was their positive thing. Whenever they would do something, Todd Frazier, whenever they would do something, they would go out on second base or third base, whatever they would thumbs down. So I immediately thought, did they steal the Yankees? Like, are they doing some positive, like thumbs down thing? And he's like, no, they're giving the thumbs down to their own fans. I was like, oh my God, this is, this is a nightmare.
2: The Red Sox, when they get on base this year, they've been doing this, waving to the dugout. And a columnist who probably never saw the opponent ever play that showed up that night said, oh, he was taunting. No, he wasn't taunting. If you did your homework, you'd find that. Yep. And when they hit a homer, they're in the laundry basket. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun. That's totally different.
0: Baseball has become fun. They're <laughs> Like the Braves have had the panda when they had Pablo uh, Sandoval. They had the panda head for guys who hit a home run. The Blue Jays. They have this like fancy jacket that they put on guys. Like uh, teams are teams are just enjoying themselves. It's not always, you know, like you said. If you did your homework, you would know certain teams do certain things, and it's just all about having fun. It's not always about taunting the other team and the negative. A lot of it's trying to be positive.
1: Who who let Javi Baez go in front of that microphone without tackling him and say, "Hey, tell him it's a team thing" and and, and lie, yeah. okay? <laughs> don't go out and tell the truth. Not in this yeah. case. I mean, somebody should have been on top of that and told them, uh, Hey, look, this is what you can say about it. And what you can't say about it. Cause you're going to be asked about
0: it. Right. Do what Kevin Pillar did. Lie your mm-hmm. face
1: off. Exactly. Deny, 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 like you said. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, they had the best PR person in baseball, Jay Horowitz for years. It wouldn't have
1: happened with him there. Unfortunately. No. Eric, how would you have handled that? Had you been in a spot? You have, yeah, a, you, had a history, you had a history with uh, Mr. Spreewell. Your time to state. I mean, what what goes on in, in the PR mind?
2: Well, the NCA has a ten minute cool down period, uh, <laughs> and in in regional tournaments, I uh, remember, uh, you know, we've had to go in, and I usually have the losing coach because I was older and try to handle them down. Just say, "Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go do the piece, and then go back to your team." But at the pro level, it is a little difficult. But they they need to be trained in the minor leagues before they get to the majors of how to deal with the press you can be Dale Murphy and be very quiet but you can also be professional and you're going to get angry you're going to have slumps you're going to react to the tabloids but you have to be trained and in that case I would definitely calm them down and just say think about what's going to happen throw the money in their eyes think about your jersey and all the marketing stuff I don't Mm -hmm. but when they hear that and they think about what's going to happen uh, in that respect, then they'll they'll cool down a bit. And unfortunately, the business is getting a bit too young, and so these players just go out and do their own thing. And, and it was very unfortunate, and it could have been handled in a much better situation.
1: All right. Well, hey, on that note, we are M&M&M across the board. You can find us on Twitter at MMMATB1. Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and uh, as earlier noted, leave us a comment. Leave us a suggestion. Leave us a topic that maybe you want to address. And uh, if we choose you, we'll give you a little shout out. Yeah, to, we'll um, give you some so, love. Yeah, if you have a business you want to plug, we'll go ahead and plug it. We're, we're pretty pretty <laughs> easy going here. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. Let's stick with baseball. I see the Padre brown, and I'm not sure what you describe that color as. Hey, look at that cap.
2: The 69 look. Okay, let's bring some sun into the show now. San Diego, California. Yeah. The easiest meteorologist job in the country. Today, it'll be clear, sunny, 72. Tomorrow, clear, sunny, 72. (laughs) Seven-day forecast looks clear, sunny, 72. I get it. Now, they play in a division with a behemoth Los Angeles Dodgers. And how about those surprising Giants? Okay, a team that always creeps up and out through the fog over Mm -hmm. the bay. Now, the Padres have, who I believe is the best player in baseball when he's on the field, that is, the future of the game in Fernando Tati Jr. Uh, We remember his father, mediocre infielder, but Fernando Tati Jr. is a budding superstar who signed a 14-year, $34 million contract in a small market. He hit 30 homers in 82 games, the fewest games ever for anyone 22 or under, he was the first Padre selected to start an all-star game since Tony Gwynn. Think about that. That's a long time. Wild. Now, they want to build something special in a small market, and they went after it. They got Hugh Darvish from the Cubbies. They got Blake Snell, who, as we know, had been cashed out of the World Series by <laughs> Tampa Bay. And I know Fernando is young and the Padres, I'm optimistic, won two of 13 recently and got swept by L.A. But he can be the face of baseball if if they can make the playoffs in multiple years since Mike Trout has been pushed for it as the face of baseball. But the Angels don't get him into October. So San Diego, keep looking up. The sun is shining as always. You have Fernando and you have Manny and a wonderful future. And what's best is you have ownership that doesn't use small market as an excuse are you listening pittsburgh Uh, colorado Uh, arizona hello
1: (laughs) yeah i think you got to give the padres credit i i took a look they're 22nd in market size and where it begins is them building a nice solid foundation in the minor leagues it allowed them to trade prospects for some of these players now once you once you get a couple of those guys you become more attractive to the other players and they, they built a good thing i mean they just fired their pitching coach that's been a disaster there in the last couple of weeks i can't figure out why they seem to have the talent we'll see if they can turn it around i to me tatis is the face of the game uh-huh. Even when i think of baseball i think of him and what i like about him is he has made old folks like me kind of change the way i think i'm not a fan of the unwritten rules of the game well, what's wrong with showing emotion? You can show emotion and enthusiasm and not be showing up an opposing pitcher. They're two very different things. Um, so I enjoy his enthusiasm and everything he brings. And he's a great, great ball player. He's got a phenomenal stats this year. He missed a lot of time with a shoulder injury early April. They weren't sure if he was going to come back this year.
0: Uh-huh. Uh Guys, listen, he's... He's an MVP uh, – He's. I don't know that he'll be it this year. He's an MVP caliber player. He has flaws in his game, we'll say. But the guy is young, and, and the best part about him, I think you said, it, is like, he is so much fun to watch. He's great with the fans. He's great with the media. He says all the right things, and he has all of the ability in the world to be – like you said, the face of Major League Baseball with a couple other players, the guys like Shohei Otani and any of those guys, but he is so good for baseball. And to sign a 14-year contract for the amount of money that he signed, but listen, he wanted a no-trade clause through 2028, so like, he's signing that with you and telling you, I don't want to go anywhere. I want to be here. Now build around me, and they've done that. Uh, Props to them for going out and making the moves that they've made. Unfortunately for them, their division is loaded and they're uh, in a little bit of a, they're in kind of the same situation as the Mets right now. They're in a little bit of a free fall. They've lost 13 of their last 16 games. So they're in a little bit of trouble. I mean, the division is totally out of reach, but uh, the wild card is obviously still very much in play. He's so good for that team. And I hope that they can continue to be good and, you know, make a, a deep playoff run because these teams, like I would equate him to Giannis. We talked about Giannis last week. He is the Giannis of Major League Baseball. He signed with a small-town team, a small-market team, but he is the star, and he's good for all of the right reasons.
2: My nephew runs a firehouse in San Diego. He moved out there maybe 10 years ago or so, and we'd always tease him because he said, you know what, I'm going because I love baseball and I love the park. And it is a beautiful ballpark, southern part of the city near the water, absolutely gorgeous park. Uh, once they got out of the, the old uh, stadium, of course, and shared it with the Chargers. and But they have a beautiful bark, park. There's never been talk of the team moving now. Uh, they have a great fan base that's loyal. They are nowhere near the you know, antagonistic type of scary fan that we have up here in the Northeast and all that. But tucked away down there is a beautiful city with a great ballpark. And now they have a guy who has committed. And I was going to say to you, Ashley, exactly right, Giannis. It's like it's not about the market. It's where Mm -hmm. you are happy. And this kid is happy there. The kids love him anywhere in the city. It is the best match for him. And Al Preller and them have finally uh, looked and put some players around them. Uh, But I agree, Sean, you know, when you see the Dodgers go get Scherzer, it has to be, you know, uh, right in the gut. Yeah. But I'm very excited. Zach is his name, my nephew. And he just said, we're just so excited. They always drew well there anyway. Mm -hmm. But now, They're going to see this kid play and to know that they have a chance to win every time uh, that they take the field. So it's a great story. And that contract is a commitment to the city, the fans, the franchise hats off to the Padres uh, ownership. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You give A.J. Preller credit. I mean, he turned he made that place a desirable destination in very short order. He made a few trades and now and you go to San Diego, California, there's a lot worse places in the world to reside. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one thing I think actually helped them is the Chargers were more, more interested than a check in moving to LA than actually having fans at their games, uh, which has made the Padres the only game in town. And as near as I could tell, those aren't Charger fans heading up the uh, freeway to go go up to SoFi because every most of the people in the, at the Charger home games now are visiting fans. Um, so that I think is kind of blown up at least for the fan base for the Chargers. And it just creates probably a little more loyalty for the Padres that they've stayed. Like you said, they're not going anywhere. And put the coffee on,
2: Ashley, because you're going to need to stay up to watch this kid. That's the only drawback. I know. You know, is that start those, uh, you know, playoff games at night at 8 o'clock. That's fine. But during the season, you know, most of his games are 10 Eastern, but he's worth it, no question.
0: Yeah. I mean, luckily for me, I'm used to staying up a little later with the 11 o'clock news. So when I come home, I'm not ready to go to bed yet. That's how I've managed to see – a lot of guys like Shohei Otani. So I'll need to tune in a little more. We don't have the package, but um, I'll need to tune in a little more to Tatis. I, I see enough, obviously, ESPN and SportsCenter love these guys. You see them every night. Um, so I'll tune in a little bit more. The errors are a problem for me. They're a big problem. They're sort of a red flag. I mean, he, has, he leads the team in errors, and it's not even close. I mean, he has yep. double the number of errors of anybody else on the team, 20 I errors in 97 games in the field. Uh, that's too much. But when you weigh the good and the bad, like he's got 24 stolen bases the most on the team. He leads the team in batting average. He leads the team in home runs with 35. He leads the team in on base percentage. So I get it. But that's not to say the good, I guess the good news is, is like this is a guy who's an MVP caliber player with some of these flaws. Imagine if he can kind of curb the errors and, and do a little bit more in, in terms of defensive fielding. If he can improve that, there's no telling how good this guy could be. So that tells you another things like he hasn't even close to reached his potential, specifically in the field, which is kind of amazing.
3: Yeah,
1: and that and that can be worked on. That's an off season thing you can work yep. on. That maybe he's just got to settle down a little bit. He does make some some brilliant plays out there, but yeah, it's the routine plays. But again, with experience. Little more attention to detail in the off season and spring training. He can work on that, and he seems very committed. and he, His dad played in the big leagues; he gets it. Okay, he's been around; he's probably been around baseball his whole life. So I, I would think that that'll just get better uh, for him going forward, and hopefully that shoulder they can get it fixed to where it's not a not a chronic issue and something they have to worry about anytime he takes the field. Well,
2: I couldn't even bend over, never mind get a ground ball with the stuff that he wears. His bling! Oh my oh god! my
0: god! I know, weigh weigh you right down. Yeah, these guys are so guys, they're one and a half back for the second wild card spot, I believe, to Cincinnati. Yeah. But this is a team like I know Cincinnati has Votto, but this is a team that I want to see in the playoffs more than a team like Cincinnati because they also have the pitching, which is what you need in the playoffs. They have the pitching, but they have the superstar offensive talent. And guess what? For the first time in a million years, they're selling jerseys. Like Tatis is easy to sell. Machado is easy to sell. Like These are guys that people want to represent their team, but this is a team that I want to see in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I hope they can make it. I, I like the Reds. I like watching the Reds like Votto, mm-hmm. Sonny Gray. they got some nice players there, but San Diego brings a star mm-hmm. marquee name, and that's what they've become. And seeing them in a wild-card game against either the Dodgers or Giants, anytime you get rivals together, it's even better. Oh, I think they'll get it together. They're They just can't be this bad. And I think that their yeah. their biggest problem was probably Larry Rothschild was terrible his last couple of years with the Yankees. Um, not sure how he keeps getting jobs, and then maybe he's done. Sorry, but numbers don't lie. Um, but hopefully they can turn it around and make that last run to get into the playoffs. it would be fun to see them play. And that's where you want to see. Eric, you brought up Mike Trout earlier. Mike Trout's had, what, one playoff game? No, Just great. You You want to see the best players yeah. in the biggest moments, so hopefully the Padres can get back up there.
2: And Hosmer has been in the World Series, as we know, title. so they do have guys that have been there, done that, and they're going to need to uh, really step it up. But they're having a slump. It's a long year. Get the slump out of the way come September.
0: Yeah, I know you brought up Larry Rostow, but like these are guys that have performed before and all of a sudden you fall off a cliff. Is that the pitching coach's fault? Like what? Is he doing something differently that has caused all of these guys to all of a sudden perform poorly? You got to blame
1: somebody. I mean, I know, everybody. but I,
0: that's my thing. Like, I get you got to blame somebody, but goodness gracious.
1: Well, you know, you look a little, at little, Snell, bit, a little
0: much not. to blame
1: him. <laughs> that's how I roll. Blake nah. Snell was a Cy Young winner in Tampa. They chased him yep. out because they mismanaged him and they stuck to their playbook and customs of the World's World Series last year. Blake Snell's actually turned it around in his last couple of stars. He was horrific through the first few months of the year. Yeah. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. a confidence thing. Or just just he had changed his repertoire a little bit, or changed his approach. But it seems like he's gotten it fixed, which is why I think they can get back and make that run. Um, you know, I don't know what their schedule looks like. Hopefully for them, they got they got some Diamondbacks and, and Rockies uh, to go with the Dodger and Giant matchups. Um, but we'll see. But again, they they have the best player, and they have a lot of good role players. And we, Manny Machado has only brought up once, I think, in this this whole segment. And he's an All Star for sure mm-hmm. too.
0: Yep. Yeah and guys uh, I think people forget like they did this with tr- the ability to take homegrown prospects and like that Blake Snell deal happened because of homegrown prospects. Got p- teams yep. wanted some of those guys. And so while they did use some guys who were came up through the system, they also used other guys to trade away to get some of those big names that have complemented this team so well. So let's hope we see them in the postseason. If not, I think we will see them Next year, the year after, this is a team that cannot be held out of the postseason for too long because eventually the Dodgers will no longer be the Dodgers, and the Giants don't show up every year; they generally show up every other year, yeah, as yeah. was classic World Series. So,
2: yeah, I agree. smog in San Diego.
0: I would love to go to San Diego. What you know? What if you guys want to send me on assignment? I'll head out there right now.
1: Sure thing. Sure thing. <laughs> Hey, we are just a reminder. M M M across the board. Once again, Twitter at M M M A T B One. Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and if you get to YouTube, please uh, please su- subscribe. You get a notification every time we post a new episode. This is episode six. Six. I, I wasn't
0: gonna say because I couldn't remember.
1: Number six. All right. We're also a short time away from the opening of the NFL. And we're coming off the last weekend of preseason football. Thank God they cut it from four to three. Oh, year.
0: thank God is right.
1: But thinking about it over the weekend, it's an interesting dynamic. Do you, do you play your starters? Do you not play your starters? I know speaking as a Raider fan, they flew 50 people to San Francisco or to Santa Clara yesterday. They left everybody home. Derek cars on no snaps mode. The Raiders are going to be rusty their opening week, but mm-hmm. is that better? Then running the risk of getting your better players out there, to kick the rust off their tires, and then you're Baltimore and you lose J.K. Dobbins for the year. Football's a tough physical sport. Mm-hmm. It's made, it's played by tough physical people. Injuries are part of the game. Risk versus reward. Think in what you two think. Is it, is it better to be a little rusty on opening day, but everybody's there?
3: I don't know. We will get back to this Godzilla Media Podcast in a moment. But first, let's give love to our partners, Johnstone Supply in Troy, 6th Avenue. The seasons are starting to change here in the Capital Region, and you need to make sure your home is prepared for those changes. How do you do it? Air conditioning, ventilation, everything in your home the way you need it. Make sure to check with the experts at Johnstone Supply in Troy. They will help you to make sure your home is up to where you want it to be. Give them a call today just to check in, 518 528- Two seven two five nine two two five one eight two seven two five nine two two or check out their website johnstonesupply.com. I've been in the spot before. I'm always asking questions. HVAC supplier, service industry, guaranteed to help you. The spot's Johnstone Supply. Say what's up to my guy Tom. He's probably working there, talking smack about his fantasy football team, how he thinks he's going to win the Godzilla Media League this year. Indoor air quality. Hearts, heating, AC, your spot is right there. Don't forget about the Fujitsu ductless splits, and they're now carrying the J Series VRF systems for more efficiency and flexibility. And Westinghouse made by Fujitsu for that more basic, cost efficient option. It's Johnstone Supply in Troy helping you with the seasons changing to make sure your home is prepared for those changes. Also, we want to give love to our friends at Mohawk Honda. The summer is basically over, we got a few more days left. But selection has been king all summer long, and some of you waited to the last moment to make that change for your vehicle. Time is not out yet for you. Mohawk Honda is always willing to help you. Freeman's Bridge Road right there. Stop in, say hello. Check them out on social media as well to find out about the new brides they have for you. For some of you, you're going to drive there and trade in your vehicle. And get exactly what you want for your money back they're gonna put money in your pocket and they're gonna have the inventory that you need so many people that somewhere i've heard just can't find the vehicles they want in upstate new york stop wasting your time going to the spots so that they don't have your stuff go to mohawk kind of, Will they have exactly what you're looking for when you make that move shout out to my guy greg johnson crushing it over there ken mckenna brian mckenna the ellis's and more when you stop and make sure you say hey i heard it on a gaza media podcast i was listening These guys have been talking about it. They have the support. We have the support from them. We want to make sure you listening will get the same thing. We know you will. Simple as that. Stopping in a Mohawk Honda, saying you heard it from a Godzilla Media Podcast, and drive it off the lot with the vehicle that you want. Getting ready for the fall road trips and more. It is Mohawk Honda, where they always go out of their way to please you. Now, back to this Godzilla Media Podcast. Well, you you have to have a preseason. We know that. And because players
2: need reps they need reps for the first team second team the only way you can do it is game conditions so i understand cutting it down to three but you have to see these guys live you have that mini camp for the rookies but you got to put them in the environment in a in in this situation and i like the joint practice thing i think that's effective you know where teams practice together we saw the patriots with the giants do that so they get conditions similar to you know how baseball has a simulated game or rehab well, this is what this is like. It's like a simulated game. But the injuries happen. You mentioned it, Sean. You know, look at the Jets already. Sorry, bad news again. But Carl mm-hmm. Lawson, a ruptured Achilles, okay, big defensive end. It happened at a joint practice. Mm-hmm. So, Eric, you're saying joint practice is good. And then he blows out uh, his <laughs> Achilles, and he's gone for the year. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but the injuries will happen. I, uh, the thing that really stands out here. Trevor Lawrence went 11 for 12 for 139 in two TDs for Jacksonville recently while playing with an offensive line that had four or five starters hurt. Yeah,
0: one guy. One starter was out Three there. starter.
2: And you have to have a solid backup QB. We know about that, too. Like Atlanta lost A.J. McCarron behind Matt Ryan. So, you know, short of playing flag football, it's a tough call because you have to have the preseason games. You have to expect that players are ready to roll. And unless it becomes flag football, or they stop looking at their off-season conditioning program, uh, it's never going to end these injuries. It's sad.
0: Yeah, I think my biggest thing here is you have to treat players differently. You have to give guys who are Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and all of those guys they will never see a preseason snap, and th- nor should they. Um, guys who are, you know, MVP candidates, former MVP winners, guys who have been in the league ten years plus. They should never ever see the field, mm-hmm. but I also think you should, in a lot of ways, group in like your number one receiver. And I'm not talking rookies. Trevor Lawrence to me is different. You have to put him in game situations. You have to see him on the field. And I understand an injury to him would be devastating. But J.K. Dobbins was the best running back in the NFL last year. I wouldn't have put him on the field. I wouldn't have put I wouldn't put a number one receiver on the field. I wouldn't put Tua Tagovailoa on the field. There are certain guys who I would not put on the field. Daniel Jones still has a lot to prove. You put him on the field. So I just think it's so important for teams, and they can't get upset about it. Like Certain guys have earned the right not to play in the preseason because they have nothing left to prove. You do not need to see anything else from them. All rookies, I don't care how high you got drafted, I understand playing them. And Eric, you mentioned it. They put Trevor Lawrence out there with one starting offensive lineman. Listen, they're all football players. They should all be able to block. But Urban Meyer did (laughs) did say, like, "Eh, I thought about it because I thought, well, do we really want to throw him out there with four backup linemen? But what happens in the regular season when four of your offensive linemen go out? Somebody's got to block for him, and guess what? He's not coming out of the game. He's going to be your starter all year long because, oh, by the way, they traded Gardner Minshew. So there is zero quarterback competition there. Not that we thought there was one. But they're getting they were getting rid of it. So I think there are guys who you need to treat differently, but there are also guys who just have a lot to prove. Like Cam Newton and Mac Jones is a quarterback battle. You gotta see both of them. If you don't know, you have to see both of them. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady.
2: I'm sorry, but Sean, look at how Buffalo, what you're saying, Ashley's point, is that they sat Josh Allen. And Mitch Trubisky, I think all three of us were not in his fan club, does have something to prove, mm-hmm. and he's been doing great. So it's a great point, Sean, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, they've played Allen more than they should have, though, I think. He played a right. lot in their last game.
1: If, if if I were a coach, I would want to see my first team maybe one series, max two series. Maybe. Back in the day, the third playoff or third preseason game, you'd get your starters the first half and get them out of there. I don't mm-hmm. think you need to do that much, especially, as you said, Ashley, you it, you treat everyone differently right mm-hmm. if someone's a veteran and you know they're going to be prepared that's fine but some teams like the jacks okay you got you got guys missing but you need to build some cohesion there you got a new coach everyone's getting used to each other and there's only one way to get that i don't think it's joint practices and i don't think necessarily it's just scrimmaging against your own team you got to get out there in live action and with, mm-hmm. with the speed of the game which is very difficult to simulate in practice so We'll see. I don't know what the right answer is. I know some teams are going to be healthier than others, but are they ready to play? And this is the NFL, and if you're not ready to play, you're going to get exposed mm-hmm. quickly.
3: That's-
2: well, Ashley, do we need a minor league for football? Yeah. Because look at the Colts. You've got Carson Wentz you traded for. Well, that yeah. tells me I'm going to get some backup quarterbacks mm-hmm. because I'm not counting on him for the whole season. So then they have uh, Sam Ellinger was the backup. Mm-hmm. Now he sprained his knee, so they're going to put Jacob Eason in. Mm-hmm. Okay, now his father, by the way, is Tony Eason, but not that Tony Eason. But this is the problem, is that depth charts, people wonder why in the media or PR that we have depth charts. This is why you have depth charts, mm-hmm. because then you can see who's coming in when that guy's out. What do you do, Ashley? We get a minor league team to do this? To yeah, I, yeah,
0: you don't get that either, because that it'll never work. But in the Colts scenario, I think Again, like Carson Wentz is a veteran, but he still had a lot to prove. He had to prove that he was and could be the quarterback that helped the Eagles get to the Super Bowl. Nick Foles finished that off. He had to prove he can stay healthy. Couldn't prove that yet. I mean, he'll be back and I and I understand that he still has the opportunity to lead that team, but there are just certain players that need to be out there and for me, the J.K. Dobbins thing is de- I mean, it's devastating to that team. I understand that you have Jackson, Lamar Jackson, but the ability to have a one-two punch and to, when you run an RPO for him to fake handoff to a guy like JK Dobbins is so effective because if he pulls it out, he's bootlegging the other way. Now he doesn't have JK Dobbins to, to hand that ball off to. I think and literally anyone beyond a rookie, if they have proven they are your number one running back, your number one ride receiver, your number one mm-hmm. cornerback, linebacker, I think don't play them at all. Everybody yeah. else is fair game. Or if you're a rookie, you're out there. I don't care who you are.
1: Yeah, I mean, Dobbins went for six yards a carry yeah. last year. And you know what? Even if you're going to play him a little in preseason, once you get through the first couple of weeks, I'm yeah. pulling him out, man. You're yeah. You're pushing your luck at some point. Yeah. Injuries are part of the game, but – not it shouldn't be in a necessary game you talk about the Colts they get Wentz and Quentin Nelson back to practice this week they just lost T.Y. Hilton for uh, they don't know how long yeah with that neck injury the other night and again he he doesn't have to prove anything to anybody he's got great hands he's very fast he's one of the best game-breaking receivers in the game and now he's out it's again it's risk versus reward mm-hmm. and 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 hearing you hear these things and it happens every year to players they come out with these these injuries I, I don't know. I, I might be hesitant to, to pull him back. I, I don't know, but it's not worth it because now he's going to miss a whole 17-game season, and you don't know how they're going to come back from, from an ACL.
0: Yeah, guys, what have you? What are your initial thoughts? I know, Eric, you're a, you're a Pats fan, right?
1: Yes. yes.
0: Yeah, what are your initial thoughts? I, Bill Belichick isn't giving away any secrets, nope. and you know he probably knows who he's going to start week one, but because they don't play, they open – September 12th, he's not giving that away now. You'll be lucky if he gives it away by September 5th at this point. Um, What are your thoughts? I think he should start Mac Jones. I don't know that he will, but I think he should start Mac Jones.
2: What I like about Mac Jones, everything he's saying is not a PR person telling him this is the way the kid was trained. As I've said on this show before, Nick Saban equals Bill Belichick equals Nick Saban. When they made that pick as a Pats fan, I was thrilled, Mm -hmm. absolutely thrilled, because this kid is trained to be professional, a team player. And Cam Newton, I don't think, has a lot left in the tank. Mm-hmm. But I love the story of the game recently where he came running down the field, Cam looking for the kid to give him a big hug. So yep. Cam is bought into it. Cam is in a great situation, and he understands it. Uh, Randy Moss was given that opportunity, and then he lost it. Cam is not going to lose it. I think he's going to go with Cam, but we'll find out probably on the kickoff. Imagine <laughs> Bill Belichick when uh, a school that was at uh, recruited him as a lacrosse player, and I wondered, when did they say uh, the kid's name? You know, after the birth, about a week later, we'll tell you when we know. We'll tell you when <laughs> we know. So I, I agree with you. I think it would be nice to see Mac Jones start, but I've got a hunch that uh, mm. it's going to be Cam for a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think Newton gets the call. I, I think you always you always defer to the experience if it's mm-hmm. close. Newton's been around. He's a former MVP, been in the Super Bowl. I, I love Mac Jones in New England. It hates okay. me to say that because I hate the Patriots. When they
0: drafted him, I was like, Oh God. yeah,
1: right. It was such a such a Patriots pick. Totally. You know, they haven't been they haven't been dominant for 20 years for, for no reason, you know, and that's kind of nauseating at this point. But again, he struck. I mean, Jones was out there, so good for him. I would go with Newton until he kind of either struggles or plays his way out of the job. Because um, the more Jones can experience, even from the sidelines, watching sometimes being on the sidelines is a good thing for somebody not used to it. You can see different things that you don't see from the pocket. Um, and the game could just kind of slow down for him a little bit, just having a different viewpoint.
0: Yeah. And if he isn't the guy, he is, go- like Eric said, he's going to be the guy that handles it and is totally good with, he's already said, I'm here to do whatever this team needs, whether it's as a backup, as a starter. I don't care. Whatever's going to make this team better, which is music to Bill Belichick's ears. Cause that's exactly what he wants to hear. I just think he's been so good. Like just like he did at Alabama and listen, he had a ton of weapons at Alabama, but he's been so good in the play action. And he's been so, he just gets rid of the ball. He doesn't hold on to mm-hmm. the ball. He was sacked four times last night against the giants, which is kind of mind boggling, but he gets rid of the ball very quickly. Um, and that is typical. Like, I just think back to like, Danny Amendola and Wes Welker and all these little guys who this is what they did. They just dink and dunk and he, he doesn't need to throw the ball down the field, but he can, which is, which is an advantage. But if he can just get rid of the ball and not turn it over, the Patriots will do what the Patriots do. So if he doesn't start this season, there's no way they get through the whole season without him starting because he will at some point be their starter.
2: This will be the most run-oriented Patriots offense Mm. probably since Sam Cunningham. So much so that they just dealt a veteran running back to the Rams who were in desperate need. So it's not going to be the super show that people are used to. But if it works, they'll go with it. A lot of good running backs there.
0: Yeah. Either of you surprised by Bridgewater in Denver, Jameis in New Orleans? I know we talked a little bit about both.
1: No, I I think Jameis' biggest problem in Tampa Bay was being immature Mm -hmm. and maybe going to New Orleans and and being in the same room with Drew Brees for a little while has helped him out. He's got the talent. I am a little surprised because I thought that they made the investment in Taysom Hill a year ago, and I thought that it would be his job, but we'll see how Winston handles it. Denver, look, Drew Locke, he sucks, okay, (laughs) what it is. You know, look. I could sugarcoat it, but why? Yeah, yeah. Bridgewater's a serviceable quarterback, you know. Yep. And, and if he's got good players around him, maybe he gets him to to seven, eight wins. I don't think mm-hmm. he's a playoff quarterback, but he's better than Drew. Drew looks terrible, and uh, yeah. So Denver, yeah, they have they have somebody that can at least run the show and 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 manage the game and try not to lose it.
2: Well, I think uh, Jameis Winston. I hate to say it, Sean, but I think you'd agree with this: is that he was heading down the Jamarcus Russell path. Yeah. And before they even got him anywhere near that exit off that highway, okay, it's great that Breeze was around him. So good Mm -hmm. for him because he put up a lot of yards. We hear all about the interceptions. And now he looks worse because of TB. As for Bridgewater, Ashley and I have made it quite clear what we feel about him. Uh, I've always liked him. I think he is a smaller version of Donovan Donovan McNabb. Mm -hmm. I really do. And before his injury in Minnesota, I thought he was a stud. So yeah. he has uh, now got an opportunity that is put on a silver platter because I agree with you. Luck is uh, he just doesn't have it. So this is a great opportunity for Bridgewater, who is healthy, to go back to where he was, and I hope he does.
1: I'll tell yeah. you what: if he does, I'll take him off my bust list for next year's. Uh, oh, year. <laughs> all you go. right. There you go. Make Challenge
0: accepted. Yeah, I love the Teddy move in Denver. I- I think I would have leaned more toward Taysom Hill, but I understand using a guy who's more of a true quarterback in Jameis Winston. And listen, you know they're going to platoon that anyway. Taysom Hill has always been a huge huge part of what they've done, so he will continue to line up in the Wildcat and line up out wide, and he will do things. And if Jameis really struggles, it will be obviously an easy transition to Taysom uh, out there. So I'm not surprised there. It might be something like, did you see what San Francisco did with Garoppolo and Trey Lance I mean he literally like alternated snaps with them for the fr- first two drives of their game I'm curious I don't think that'll last but I'm curious to see if that'll be a platoon situation in San Fran just because those two offer such different skill sets
1: I don't know I, I would ride Garoppolo I'm not a fan of the switching them out it's like yeah no me neither you know, if you if if you have two quarterbacks, then you don't have any quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. It's the same in hockey. If you have two goalies, you don't have any. You need to have one guy, especially during playoff time, that you're going to ride. That's kind of how the NFL is. It's you mm-hmm. know I would go with Garoppolo until he shows you he can't. I mean, Garoppolo, if Kyle Shanahan's ego wasn't so big and he knew how to call a game because he's costed himself teams. He's been on two Super Bowls, not one, when Atlanta, but the San Francisco lost to Kansas City, that's because his arrogance in his philosophy... Denied them the chance to actually run the ball, which they were doing against the Chiefs at will that day, and run out some of that fourth quarter clock, and he kept throwing it, no time coming off the clock, three and out, punting. and Mahomes got the ball, and once they got rolling, you're not going to stop them. Garoppolo almost won a Super Bowl. He wasn't that far off, and again, if Shanahan knew how to call a game to win a game and win a Super Bowl instead of sticking to his playbook, Garoppolo would have that on his thing, and it's a whole different conversation.
2: Good thing he doesn't hire Mike Keenan as an offensive coordinator. Remember the (laughs) hockey coach that would pull the goalie in between periods and stuff. And you lose the locker room when you do that because a team rallies around their quarterback Mm -hmm. and now they look and say, well, he's not better. He must not be doing well to be yanked. Mm -hmm. That's the way they look. So it's a big effect in the locker room as well. You can't do that. It really could tear a team apart.
0: Yeah. I think it's different in new Orleans because I think Taysom Hill's skill set is very, you know, concrete and like solidified what he can do well and how he is advantageous to that team. So Mm -hmm. in new Orleans, I think it's different than what it might be in San Francisco. And I agree. I think you lose the locker room. If you don't throw your, throw your support behind one guy. And if that guy can't do it, okay, let's give Trey Lance a chance. We said this, like if five games in the Niners are terrible, which I don't see happening because they're so talented at so many positions. uh, I think then you turn to Trey Lance and give him the opportunity but I, I agree. I think they, you got to give Jimmy G the chance to show you he can't do it before you make Trey Lance get in there and try to show you he can.
1: I think so. I'm going go back to Trey Lance. We talked about it a few weeks ago. We didn't have a ton of reps in college. And yep. do and you, you need to play him opening week? I don't think so. Garoppolo's taken yeah. you to the Super Bowl. Or maybe he didn't take that team, but, again, he managed that team and they got yep. Okay. Yep. He has the experience. You got to go with that. Let the rookie come along until he's ready, or unless there's an injury. Or Jimmy's is just terrible, but he is, he's he's at at the worst he's a serviceable NFL quarterback. You got to ride that. You got to ride the experience hand
2: Well, we're not called across the board for nothing. It's Eminem across the board because this is our real fun segment where each of us have the whiteboard up, and we'll see where we're going with this. And we'll be starting ladies first with Ashley Miller. All, All right, boys, what first, have you got? I
0: love it. So this is going to take a little explaining for some of our out of town viewers. If we have any, I'm not sure. Uh, That's a section two for those of you who are just listening as well. Um, So section two here in New York state, we break our high schools up into, they play in sections. Uh, So we here in the capital district, 518 area code, play in what is known as section two and section two ruled the roost yesterday on the major league baseball front. I mean, in my opinion, Section 2 is the sport that produces the most talent. I know we have Kevin Herter, but Kevin Herter is one guy. Um, baseball in the Capital District is phenomenally talented. Uh, and we had two guys yesterday who made headlines in Major League Baseball. Ian Anderson from Shenandoah High School in Clifton Park made his return from the injured list after his last start was July 11th. So six weeks-ish, Um, Shoulder inflammation rehab. He comes back against the best team in baseball. And all he does is throw five and two thirds shutout innings against the San Francisco giants. No (laughs) runs. I think he gave up four or five hits in five and two thirds. Not so bad. Uh, And he is certainly the future of what the Atlanta Braves hope to do. And a huge reason why they made it as far as they did last year in the playoffs and Columbia grad, Kevin Smith, who has made his major league debut maybe a week ago and has played sparingly. He's played a little bit of third base. He's played left field, started at third yesterday, hit his first major league home run props to those guys. Those are huge moments. Those are, you know, those are moments you can't take back for guys. And even if, you know, he doesn't have a 10 year career in major league baseball, this is the kind of stuff that those guys will always remember. So the 518 representing well, section 2 representing well on the biggest major league baseball stage and those are two guys that uh fans here in the capital region should be very very proud of.
1: Yeah, Kevin Smith, he got his first major league hit. I like it when they the the TV crews know that the fans the, the families are there. Yes. And show yeah. the parents and then he had a highlight real worthy play at third base the other night, that uh, great diving play and a throw to record the out. So good for him for getting started. And Ian Anderson's a great talent third pick of the draft a few years ago and he's fulfilling that promise for sure
2: and Ashley you know him because you've seen these kids grow up and and that's the thing that people are watching is that uh in this market we have excellent media that includes Sean and Ashley and she's been to these games and for Ian Anderson I think it's the Atlanta Braves so that's a pretty good darn farm system to come through uh he's well-trained in speaking media and all of that but I think it's a great situation for him and you can't have a better manager than Brian Snitker. We read the recent story about here's a guy who is just beloved by his players. And it's no coincidence that Bobby Cox is beloved by his players. So that Atlanta Braves organization, you know I'm a fan because I, I said they'd get hot. I thought they would. You uh, were, right it. on. But, but Brian Snitker is just a class act as a manager who paid his dues. And so he, he treats both young kids and veterans similar, not alike, though. And, and he's honest about that, but the respect he has. And so Ian Anderson is in an excellent situation. The kid has uh, come from this area and has gone through a wonderful system and earned everything that he has. And, mm-hmm. and he is a, has an incredibly bright future. And as the other kid, hats off to him as well. This section has so much talent in boys and girls sports, as we mm-hmm. found through our charity event. So very excited for him. And a great topic, Ashley, because throughout the country, hopefully people even in San Diego watching us right now because of your topic here is that they can think about some of their local kids that have also the show. Yep. Yeah.
0: Who's next? All right, John,
1: up to you now. Looking forward to your whiteboard. What have you got for us? I spared you my awful penmanship this week because I just had to hit print. I was going to say, it's only. Oh, my. Woody and Bo. (laughs) William Bowe were the two people I thought of yesterday watching Ohio and Michigan battle for the Little League World Series championship, won by Taylor, Michigan. Couldn't help but think maybe if Coach Hayes and his former player, uh, Coach Schembechler, maybe had saddled up together and watched the game, maybe with a few spirits. Won by Taylor, you know, Taylor's about a 36-minute ride up I-74, I believe, from Ann Arbor. In Hamilton, Ohio, it's about a buck forty-five away from uh, from Columbus. But uh, I think Ohio, Michigan. I thought it was fitting that those two were playing for the Little League World Series, so given their history. The ten-year war between the uh, the coach and his former player. Bo had a five-four-to-one advantage. And actually, and thinking about that, that one was a 10-10 tie in 1973, in November. it's actually one of the first college football games I ever remember watching. I was eight. So what I loved about the Little League World Series every year is it's on every night as you're leading up to the championships. It takes me back to when I was in Little League. I played in California when I was 11. We won our league championship. Huh. I remember I was pitching that last game. We had a big lead. And I remember being in the dugout before we took the field for the last inning saying, OK, look, let's get the last out, Dog pile at the mound. <laughs> Okay, because you 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 live for that. You dream about that. Every kid, you're watching the Little League World Series. You play. You dream about that. You hit the walk off home run, or celebrating at the mound. The funny part about that game was I struck out the kid. His name was Mike Gianelli. I remember that. This is the highlight <laughs> wow. of my athletic, my athletic career was 11, 11 years old. I struck him out, and the whole team ran to the mound to celebrate. And I was so excited, I ran toward the dugout and I missed it. <laughs> I mean, it was scripted, and I just, we planned on meet at the mound. Yeah. I took off for the dugout. I was so excited. But every time I, I see the Little League World Series, it's, it's baseball to me in its purest form. Yep. Okay, these are kids, and they're playing a game they love, and they're having a good time. And for the teams good enough to get to Williamsport or even get on the road to have that experience, that's invaluable. And that's an experience that you're never going to be able to take away from the kids, and not just from the winners, but also for the teams that, that don't get there. That, that at least they have that experience and they have that bond and that camaraderie that they can take with them. And it's just, it's magical. And it takes me back again to when I was, lad 44 years ago. Um, it's just, it was a beautiful moment. And I enjoy watching it again with Ohio and Michigan, I thought of Woody and Bo and, and, and the whole deal.
2: When I worked up at New Hampshire, I think it was Dover had a team that made it to the Little League series, and we had um, our department had a softball team we play in the summer, and we allowed his kid as he got older. And I I said to him, "You realize here in, now in New Hampshire that you'll always get a free lemonade, and as he got older, <laughs> you'll get a free cocoa, and now that he's in his thirties or so, you get a free beer because there's celebrities in these small towns, and you could." He loved talking about it, and uh, not all of them make the majors, but Sean, you're exactly right. That's not what it's about. No. That's what Rob Manfred has to be put into a room and the marketing people and just watch the joy of those kids because we all played baseball softball. We all had that and the game's future is right there with those kids. So I am not uh, one of those people that think it shouldn't be televised so that it's not good. I'm sorry. It is good to see those kids and hats off to getting all those games on national television so we can
1: see Uh, what baseball is really all about and you're not going to get any of this
0: no none of that well you (laughs) hope not anyway
1: yeah
0: I'm not going out to cover little league games as part of my job because that just opens a whole nother can of worms and I don't want to do that but I think you use the best word Sean pure I think when I always think of this it's like it's so organic the the little league world series is it's just everything about it feels so good And whether or not, like, listen, it's not the best baseball in the world. I get it. They're 12. They're not Major League Baseball players. But it's good baseball for 12 years old. And this is what they live for. This is the only, at this age group, like 10, 11, 12 years old, this is their only shot to get to Williamsport. So they know how important it is, and you can tell that. But the other thing, like, a kid hit, I was watching the consolation game yesterday, I believe, and the kid is rounding the bases after he hits a home run for Hawaii, and he's getting fist bumps from all the other players on the South Dakota team. Like, what in the world? These kids are I mean, they're way nicer than I ever would have been. But it's at the same time, it just makes you smile. Like they're out there having fun, they're really enjoying themselves. And even if you don't love like watching 12 year 12-year-olds 12 play baseball, you gotta love some of the storylines. Like, how how much do you remember Monet Davis? Mm-hmm. Da- remember Danny Almonte? I mean, what a scandal yeah. that like, and I'm not saying it's always good, but like Danny Almonte, Monet Davis. There's a girl, I think her name is Ella Bruning. Yeah, I want to say Bruning, is. the catcher.
2: She's awesome.
0: Unbelievable.
1: I'll be honest with you. When I think Chris Drury, I don't think former abs player or New York Rangers executive. I think Trumbull, yep. Connecticut, world yep. champions.
0: Todd Frazier, same thing. Like you, yep. These are guys that you remember from the Little League World Series, which is so cool when you see it come uh, full circle. So I am also not it. against it. I love yeah. seeing it. It's just kind of fun.
1: Kirkland, Washington, I think his name was Cody Webster. He was like six foot eight, three great pitcher and hit an eight hundred foot home run to help them. And that was back in the day when Taiwan seemed to win every year. So yeah. it was just like David against Goliath every year to see if see if Team USA could uh, could pull it out. So it's it, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's played in a ballpark that's it's perfect. You know, yep. you don't overflow the crowd. You got people sitting out behind the bleachers in their seats and running for home run balls. It's magic. And again, that's what baseball is.
2: Well, for my whiteboard, I'm going to speak from the heart, okay, Um, at the time we're taping this. So uh, Drew Brees, Drew Brees, New Orleans needs you again. Yep. Drew will be remembered for helping revive the Saints franchise, we know, in the city of New Orleans in the wake of Hurricane Katrina. Hard to believe when he and Coach Sean Payton arrived, it's hard to believe 15 years ago. Now, that duo led the Saints to the NFC t- Championship game that first year and won the only Super Bowl time in franchise history three years later. And he would be the first to say that New Orleans revived him with a chance. Now, I was fortunate to have met at a convention, uh, Drew Brees, and he appreciated discussing New Orleans, the city, And the people, more than the Saints and the Super Bowl title, he didn't want to talk about football. He had opportunities to go elsewhere after the Charger thing, and he went to New Orleans. Mm -hmm. Not considered the destination of free agents then. So now he has recently retired, made his broadcasting debut this weekend for NBC. And there's no doubt he will provide even more time and care to a city that right now needs it the most. Thank you, Drew Brees.
1: Thank he's you,
0: all that is good. Uh, Drew Brees is all that is good about sports. We talk about guys like Giannis. Drew Brees is right there. I mean, he's he's everything that is good about sports, and using his money in the right way to give back to a community that he knows gave him so much uh, in his athletic career. I'm sure he will do everything he can to help New Orleans, which we haven't seen. I, I haven't seen at least personally a ton of the the end result of six and and got 16 years later, like how August 29th to the day, 16 years later from Katrina to Ida, it's just kind of unbelievable that this city is going through it again. Hopefully people did the right thing and got out. Uh, And for those who who didn't, our EMS, our service workers, our emergency workers, props to them again. They're always the ones going into what other people are coming out of. So let's hope everything is okay down there. But you know, Drew Brees will be on the front lines supporting in any way he can, and I'm sure other athletes from New Orleans and maybe even around the country will do so. So, yeah, props to Drew Brees. He's a great guy. I can't wait to watch him on TV um, even more this uh, this summer with NBC.
1: Sure, Eric. Thanks yeah. for bringing that up too, because he he made a big impact on that city and helped bring it back because uh, it was it was in real bad shape. Okay. And I, I know if I saw some of the footage this morning, and they're they're having a real tough time down there. Yep. So, I hope everybody's as safe as they could be. And when
2: when we saw him in person, he's not a tall guy. He's not a no? big guy. But when he was talking about this, one of our folks said, you are very tall in stature for what you've done. And he's mm-hmm. a humble person. He and his wife, what they've done there is remarkable. And uh, you, we all know, uh, I would hope most people remember the story in San Diego, the controversy hurt. And then they. I think they just tossed them aside. Mm-hmm. And they there did. were some teams interested. Uh, and at the time, I think there were more... Uh, veteran quality starters around the league than we have now. So there weren't as many opportunities, but God love him. And uh, now that he's retired and does the game you know, on Sunday nights, uh, we can imagine that he'll be right out there. And uh, it is not uh, a city that has a ton of pro sports franchises, but God love those people. They've always loved the saints (laughs) and what he did. And of course, Peyton, of course, and the other talent, it's what that city needed. And Mm -hmm. so It's kind of too bad that Drew isn't back this year because you know what? I'd put a lot of money on him to get them back there.
0: Yeah, they'll need the Saints for sure again and and everybody else, the hopes and prayers of everybody else and a lot of support, which they will certainly get because that's what we do as Americans, right? That's what we hope people do as (laughs) Americans.
2: Yes. Thank
0: you. Perfect. Good way to wrap it up, Eric McDowell. Uh, we are M and M and M across the board. We'll be back next week. And guys, we are going to go NFL crazy <laughs> next week. Yeah. Oakland Raiders, Oakland Raiders. We'll see. Uh, we're going to break down divisions. We'll make some predictions on coaches, players of the year, all that good stuff. So we hope you join. If you want to predict now, send us your predictions. We'll take them and we'll read them on the air. So if you can get to any one of us, Text, email, all that stuff. We will put your predictions on the air with us as well. But we hope to see you next week for our NFL Bonanza. Thank you for joining right. us, John Martin, Eric McDowell. I'm Ashley Miller. We will see you next week for week number seven, the Lucky Mickey Mantle.
1: The Lucky Mickey Mantle. Have Thanks a great week,